Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, where two seemingly meaningless people talk about hopefully less than meaningless things. My name is Chris, and with me, as always, is... Less than meaningless. Huh? What? Is that what I said? <laughs> I was... It, I might have said... I was distracted by the face you were making. You went into, like, this zen pose to prepare yourself. And you... Yeah, you had your pencil up across your face. Your eyes were closed. And you were rubbing your nose with your pencil. And I'm like, what is she doing? Sorry. And so then I got... So then I was talking. And I was like, what, what do I normally say to start I this? Say? I think and you... Then, I think... I'm not sure because I was doing that with my pencil. Yeah. Um... I think you said we're two meaningless people. <laughs> Talk about less than meaningless things or something. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever it was, yeah. you're here and you <laughs> stayed here through this. So I think we've got you. <gasps> you can't make me laugh like that. Did you, you ever say time. your name? Who you are? Oh, I'm Leslie. You're my wife. Yes. Did you say your name? Yes. This is why I don't know if I can <laughs> trust what you heard originally. <laughs> I mean, who knows what was... Oh, we didn't hit record. This is a good episode. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't hear you say your name. I did. I'm almost certain. We'll find out. You should say it again, just in case. My name is Chris. And again, I'm Leslie. Yes. I thought you wanted me to say my name again. we're less than meaningless. We're less than meaningless people. Saying meaningful things. Yes. Oh, boy. This is what happens when you have a day away from the house, which yeah. is what we had. Yeah. We, for those of you who are keeping track. you two days away from the house. I have. Yeah. Go ahead. What? For those of you who are keeping track, we had our first doctor's visit today. Yeah. Finally. Finally. We were I'm trying to break the record set by one of our other church members who didn't get her first visit, doctor's visit, until I think she said 16 weeks. I think that's what she said. Anyway, we're right at it. Yeah. So we didn't want to go beyond it. It wasn't on purpose. No, no, not was, necessarily. Someone asked why we haven't gone yet, and I was like, well, we first. We tried to go. It's, it's been three weeks in a row that it's been the canceled. The first Christmas. It's like. It's <laughs> two months away. That's a lot. First, <laughs> December is a thing. So you can't go dead. And dead is January. So, you know, that, you can't go dead. It's after Christmas. Which is the, the after Christmas Post time. Christmas. Yeah. You're tired. Then, I mean, we have five kids. We've got five kids. Someone's always sick. And trying to. Right. Yeah. And one time our doctor was sick. Yeah. So we finally got an appointment. And I was so proud. And our doctor. Although I want you to know that when she says she finally got an appointment and she was so proud, (laughs) she took no steps in that process. Yes, I did. No. Yeah. What step did you take? I bugged you until (laughs) it happened. Did you call yet? Did you call? (laughs) Trish, did you call? (laughs) And then finally, I called. I found the doctor. Yeah. I called, set the appointment. Right. Set all the appointments. Yes. So you could be proud of yourself. Hey, I am. I'm an old school woman. I don't need any rights. You just make my calls for me. <laughs> you can That's talk right. to the doctors about all my conditions. Oh, I don't care. Oh, wow. All right. Well, let's jump into today's episode then. <laughs> now that we've spent all that time definitely covering the meaningless but part. Of what we don't we know any. I mean, we, we, we did go to the doctor. That was certainly less than meaningless. We don't know anything. No, we don't know anything. All we did, all they did was the thing where they took half of my blood from my body. Where they stuck a needle in her. <laughs> and she says, the lady says, are you fine? And she said, yes, just give me my phone. <laughs> just give me my phone. And she was just scrolling. Nothing's happening. We're just in a room scrolling. It's a normal day. We're fine. I'm fine. It's You're so fine. Bad. I don't know if, if you've never given birth or had a baby before <clears throat> the very first appointment they take your blood and when I was first pregnant with Gideon our firstborn I didn't know anything of course so I go in and they're like okay we're gonna take your blood and I had like had my blood drawn before not a big deal you know you they stick a needle in you and it's quick and you're done well the lady put the needle in my arm 
And then she never took it out. And I was, I don't make eye contact. It's still there to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I have six needles in my arm from all of my children. It dissolves. It's like a stitch. <laughs> no, I don't look like when someone's doing anything with a needle in my arm. I just don't look in that direction at all. So I always look away toward the wall. So I'm looking away and I'm looking away and I'm looking away. Like, why is the needle still in my arm? And finally she finishes and then she ties that really tight. Well, no, she unties unties the really tight rubber band thing. And then puts the really uncomfortable tape that's even worse than the needle when you have That's to take that out. That's what it's called, really uncomfortable thing. Um, and I look over, and there are six huge vials of my blood lined up on the counter. Six! Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's not fun. Yeah. But that's what they do. Yeah. they got to yeah. test your bloods, especially now that you're a geriatric pregnancy. Yeah, I'm a geriatric pregnancy. And today she said, well, they used to be called elderly pregnancies. <laughs> At 35, you were an elderly pregnancy. Yeah, and I am. Now they've changed it I'm to geriatric. This has been woke. <laughs> and I'm mm. still offended. Yeah, well... Anyway, anyway, let's get into let's get into some of our dedications. Uh, I do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay. I just want to dedicate to Brussels sprouts, and I do know we did talk about Brussels sprouts last week, but we just ate more. I'm, I want you to know what I never remember what we've talked about, <laughs> like before. I do. Like when you said we've talked about Brussels sprouts before, I was like, no, we didn't. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, we talked about it quite a lot last week. Because hmm. I think we had just eaten them last week, too. Well. But we just finished a big pile of Brussels sprouts. And yes, it was an amazing meal of leftover <laughs> pizza and Brussels sprouts. Because <laughs> I wanted them. Yeah. That, yeah. Was a, that was quite a combination. Yeah. But I might have already said this, but really, guys... Trim and wash and trim. It's about two pounds of Brussels sprouts. Toss them with three tablespoons of olive oil, a teaspoon of kosher salt. Kosher salt's important. Half a teaspoon of pepper and put them on a baking sheet, 400 degree oven for 30 to 45 minutes. And about what? Every five to seven minutes. Yeah, five to seven. Give your pan a shake. Or as Leslie does, tell your husband, can you shake the pan? <laughs> well, she's on the bed with her two cell phones. Whatever. <laughs> True story? Okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But they were good. I mean, we were snacking on them today. Man. My pizza was, the pizza was the accessory. The pizza was the side dish. Yeah. And my pile of Brussels sprouts was. Yours made the kids laugh at you. Yeah. They said, look at how big mama's is compared to papa's. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, shut up, kids. Yeah, I don't even Leave me alone. Okay. What's yours? Uh, Mine is, mine will be. I'm going to dedicate mine to, mm. to abolition, the mm-hmm. abolition of, of, of abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's that's been what my week has been last week and now this week. It's been just about a week, right? I mean, last week, yeah. it was last Tuesday. It was last Tuesday. We rallied Tuesday. at the Capitol. Uh, Oklahoma has a bill, Senate Bill 13, that is calling for Oklahoma to become what you would call a sort of to steal modern vernacular, so to speak, a sanctuary state for the unborn mm-hmm. or the preborn. Mm-hmm. Um, that <clears throat> Oklahoma will say, We don't care what the Supreme Court has said, you cannot murder children in our state. Mm-hmm. And if we pass this law and the Supreme Court says this is unconstitutional, we will say, no, you're no, unconstitutional, you which feels like, are. no, you are. <laughs> but it's true because the Supreme Court has defied not only God's law, mm-hmm. written in the hearts of men by God himself. So all of these justices know this law. Um, but also the Constitution, which gives life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness to all individuals. And a Supreme Court decision in the 70s based partially on a rejection of God's law and partially an incomplete science where we didn't understand just, no, you have a person mm-hmm. and a pretty well-defined def- person and formed person. Uh, 
And, and that's become even more clear that these are people inside the womb and you, you're taking away any of their rights and they're just being killed. Mm-hmm. And in the names of things like a woman's right uh, that is then superseding the right of this child. And so we're calling for a, a setting these children free by mm-hmm. abolishing abortion. So we rallied last week. Now, now we've been doing this for over a year. I, I mean, I have. Other people have been doing it much longer than mm-hmm. me. But we've been really pushing this Senate bill uh, for over a year. This is the second session that I've been a part of, of really rallying behind it. And I've got to say, it's encouraging that the winds, well, like last year, the the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma came out against it. Mm-hmm. This year, they're in talks mm-hmm. uh, with us. Uh, and Baptist pastors are gathering to say, no, mm-hmm. we're for this. And, and actually, the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma at the convention adopted a resolution calling for laws that abolish abortion. Like that's what the people voted for. And we're hoping that the, uh, that the leadership will get behind that. And and I think if they see the people are serious about it, they will. And even at the legislative uh, level, people are talking. I mean, last year they wouldn't even talk to the author, like Joseph. So they wouldn't even talk to him about the bill mm-hmm. this year they're they're talking now they're, it's still being held up in committee not even it's still being held up in committee they won't even let it be discussed in committee where he can debate for it or call for it because they know and this is the sad legislative reality they know that if it makes it to the floor they'll have to vote yes mm-hmm. because they've run as pro-life candidates right uh and so and so that's kind of the ugliness of it that yeah. part um but you know, I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. And so was there last week, was there again this week, traveling down to Oklahoma City to talk to senators and uh, talk to people in leadership to encourage others. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm hopeful talking mm-hmm. to <clears throat> to members of the Baptist General Convention. You know, hopefully we'll have more meetings uh, coming up. Yeah. So and it has been encouraging. You can almost see like light bulbs going off. I, I, <laughs> Yes. Very few people that we've talked to. I mean, I feel like everyone that we've talked to in our circle is like, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Most of them didn't know that's a thing you could even do. Right. And that's if I, if I go back. Especially when you talk about, you know, defying the federal government. Can you do that? And I was like, well, yeah, the the federal government said the state can't sell marijuana. And the state said, you know, we're going to sell it anyway. (laughs) So the state's willing to sell marijuana despite what the federal courts say. Mm Mm-hmm then surely the state can say, well, we don't care what the federal courts say. You can't kill babies here. Yeah. I love it. I would love so so much for that to happen. The courts have have been unconstitutional tests. I mean, the the Supreme Court ruled that that African-Americans were not real people. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court ruled that. Right. And you don't hear anyone arguing today saying, well, I mean, I'd like to treat them as equal. But the Supreme Court has said. Mm -hmm. So in Oklahoma, yeah, it's not really, if you kill a black man. You're not really killing a normal person. Mm-hmm. You're just killing an African-American because the Supreme Court says so. Right. No one does that. In the same way, the Supreme Court was wrong to say that, that babies in the womb are not actual people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, we're saying, yeah, just just continue to, to push that recognition that the Supreme Court can be wrong. Mm-hmm. That's why we've got three branches of government, not just one. Uh, but yeah, people people are excited and they're yeah. surprised and they're getting. And I think you know if you look back on where our thoughts were on it, even four years ago, say, yeah, yeah. no one had mentioned something like this. Yeah. We had grown so accustomed to the incremental measures mm-hmm. of of the pro life movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The, the pro life where you sort of move the football down the yeah, field. and that, that Which, was when you look are actually not achieving as much mm-hmm. as they... Now, I, part of me wants to say they are achieving nothing. Mm-hmm. Statistically, they may or may not be achieving something. But, like, well, like last year, abortions went up mm-hmm. in the state mm-hmm. of Oklahoma. But you've had this idea that we're getting closer and closer, and when we get justices, and when we get, you know, and so what we did was instead of obe- being obedient mm-hmm. and just calling it murder, mm-hmm. 
and calling for, hey, stop this, like you would hope that we would do, mm-hmm. we just started counting justices. Mm-hmm. And we even started like looking at presidents and saying, well, this president will put in this person and then, you know, maybe this will happen without ever going, well, why don't we just say, stop it? Mm-hmm. Who cares who's the president? Who cares who's on the Supreme Court? Let's just stand up and say, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, well, we'll wait till nine people say it's wrong. And then we'll also say it's wrong. And meanwhile. Meanwhile, children are dying. Right. Like how many, how many did you say? It's like 5,000 a year in Oklahoma. Yeah. Just in Oklahoma, which is one of the most quote unquote pro-life states. Mm -hmm. We've got more measures. And a small state too. Yeah. And a small state. So anyway, uh, yeah, but people are, and I've had people who. When I first really started pushing this online and my friends and, and saying, look, guys, get behind this. And, and last year when the, when the BGCO spoke out against it, saying, well, the BGCO is just flat out wrong. They may not understand it yet. Uh, thankfully, they are growing to understand we were wrong. Um, that I had people like get mad at me and really say, I can't, but you sound so this and judgmental. And, mm-hmm. and I tried to stay very calm, mm-hmm. cool, Christ-like. And, uh, and though many of those people have come to me and said, I was totally wrong. Yeah. And in trying to defeat you in an argument, I was forced to look at the facts mm-hmm. and realize, Oh my goodness, he's right. Yeah. And that's what and I this mean, is the thing. Like the I'm behind it. And it's yeah. like, yeah. just watching you even talk to people. Just seeing this like firelight behind their eyes, like we could do this. Yeah, it's very exciting. Which is, it's very exciting when you're talking to senators and you see that going off in their eyes, and then they go and talk to the people that are in charge of them, mm. and the light goes out. <laughs> That's <laughs> the really exciting part. <laughs> it's like I remember one time at church, uh, had someone say that he, someone was going through a situation pastorally. I was having to shepherd them. And, and is uh, making another poor decision, and I was calling them and said, I really, we just want to talk to you. And they said, I really can't talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? And I said, because when I talk to you, I think you're right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. I was like, but then I go home, and my wife convinces me you're not. Right. Uh, and I was like, oh, there's all sorts of unhealthiness <laughs> going on right here. Listen, <laughs> listen to me. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I'm, I am hopefully optimistic, but it's like a somber optimism mm-hmm. because things move like if it doesn't go through this year, then we've got to wait a whole nother legislative year because mm-hmm. session will be over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll have to try and get it. So that's a year that just babies will be killed. Right. Because we didn't do it. Right. So it's like, there's an urgency. Yay, we've got the winds, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, children are still Yeah. Dying. So what could people who are listening from Oklahoma? Well, if they're listening to it right now and they're from Oklahoma, uh, there, there's one person Two people really holding it up. Senator McCourtney is the head of the the Health and Human Services uh, Committee. He's keeping it from being heard in committee. So this bill has been presented to him as the chair of that committee. He can keep the committee from even talking about it. Mm -hmm. And the reason he's doing that, because if the committee talked about it and voted whether or not to bring it to the floor of the entire Senate, the committee would have to vote, yes, we'll bring it to the floor, because they all ran on pro-life mm-hmm. uh, platforms. So if it comes to even the floor of that committee, those people are like, well, we're going to have to vote for it. So to keep that from happening, this man, uh, who is a Baptist, who attends church, Trinity Baptist Church of, of Ada, actually emailed his pastor and said, look, you need to shepherd your sheep it's not my job to shepherd your sheep. Uh, you've, you've got to keep watch over his soul, and this is what's going on in his life. Um, but you could, So you could contact him at, at his uh, uh, you know, email address or call. Calling is more effective than emails. Um, know that if you tell them what it's about, Senate Bill 13 is the name of it. They probably won't put you through. Uh, but you can call anyway and leave a message. Then you can send an email. If you put it in the message header, Senate Bill 13, or hear Senate Bill 13, or listen to Senate Bill 13, uh, they'll at least they, they'll see those subject lines, even if they don't click on the, the email message. Uh, him, Senator uh, Treat, Greg Treat, is the other one. He's the one really behind it. Uh, one senator who wanted to push for this bill 
even said, what do you expect me to do, go against the throne? Because he's the head of the, the Senate mm-hmm. right now. Um, so you mean he... He's he the one telling... The no, no, no. Greg Treat's the one telling McCourtney oh. not to let it right. go. So he's the puppet master stopping this right now. In fact, the guy who wants to push it and wants to be for it says, if I do what you're saying, he'll make sure none of my other bills are listened to in any of the other committees. So he'll make sure... And he said, so... So, I mean, he's, he's mm-hmm. stuck. Yeah. And, you know, I encourage him to do the brave thing and the right thing. But mm-hmm. so those are the two people really. And, of course, uh, the governor could could do things to get this through. You could send a message to Governor Stitt, who seems to be very much a pro-life man, mm-hmm. uh, stuck in the difficult position of, of any politician. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we pray for his strength and fortitude and but he's always said you know we've mentioned this bill to him he says i will sign you get it to my desk i will sign it now we don't know if behind the scenes if he's putting pressure on these guys to to hear the bill or not hear the bill we don't know but he has said you know let me uh let me know and i'll and i'll do it mm-hmm. um, so anyway messages phone calls stuff like that can really yeah can still work and right like now you said you were depending telling, on how quickly we get this podcast out yeah you were telling someone last night about just the power of being at the capitol like if, if there were another yeah, rally that's the one of the guys said that uh he thinks if you could convince three percent of the people in oklahoma who say they're pro-life to show up at the capitol that this bill would be heard tomorrow mm-hmm because what happened is that you look at the teachers. I mean, teachers are more interested in getting paid than pro-life people are interested in saving babies. Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, that's not true. Well, when teach when it was about teacher pay, the capital was full mm-hmm. of women for days. arguing for right? days, bringing children, days, days and days and days where they were there. Uh, because it was important to them. Uh, and they took off work. Mm-hmm. They did. And now listen, mm-hmm. we had a great turnout at the rally. Mm-hmm. Thousands of people at the rally, but nothing like what you got at the Capitol for. Now, part of that was, was driven by teacher unions and stuff like that. that yeah. That does help. Them. But if you had 3% of the people in Oklahoma who say they're pro-life show up at the Capitol, if you could just convince 3% of people that this is that important, it would be changed next week. Mm-hmm. It would be. Uh, if that's how many people had shown up, they they would have it would have gone through committee because the senators would have realized the people want it one, and if we don't, we will not be reelected. Right, and like you were telling our friend, there there were even helicopters when we yeah, were there. Yeah, the helicopters flying over, but and you have people flood the Capitol, and it becomes not just state news; it becomes national news. Right. And then more people hear and, about yep. it because I think a lot of people haven't even heard this idea yet. Yeah. Well, Oklahoma was really the first state to, to sort of push it last year. Mm-hmm. This year, eight other states have joined yeah. in in calling for this and are meeting the same opposition, oddly, from all pro-life legislators yeah. who are, you know, for whatever reason, right. uh, <clears throat> blocking these bills from making it to the floor. Mm. So, uh you know, they need to hear from the people. This is, we understand that you've made your living in the pro-life world. Uh, and that for some of them, I mean, you can understand the temptation. If you're a pro-life lobbyist and people just stop, you know, right. and you are hoping, hoping that for none of them is mm-hmm. that loss of income in any way motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, what's what's stopping the push? And the boogeymen that are thrown out there, oh, this is a secessionist bill mm-hmm. because you're saying you won't listen to the Supreme Court. And, well, again, marijuana wasn't a secessionist bill. No one feared it then. Mm-hmm. Oh, the federal government will do this, that. There's a lot of fear-mongering with it, mm-hmm. and that's, that's disappointing. Right. Uh, and really, the only thing we should be afraid of is the judgment of God if we do not stop... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So, so here God is very pointed about how he would feel about this, uh, sort of thing in in the book of Exodus, Exodus 22, Exodus 22, starting verse 22, he says, 
you shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. We translate it orphan sometimes. And is there a more orphaned or fatherless child than someone whose parents haven't died, but who are trying to kill them? If you do mistreat them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath will burn. Mm You mistreat these. Mm-hmm. I hear their cries. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you remember that that abortion video, the scream, mm-hmm. where the baby is reacting to the events of an abortion. And, and we know more and more that these babies have some awareness to what is happening to them. As minuscule as it might be, as this is their only existence. And their cries, that God hears those cries and his wrath burns. That sh- and you know what he actually says after that? He says, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives, your wives mm-hmm. shall become widows, and your children shall become the fatherless. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it should be scary. It's you true. shouldn't fear the federal government. Right. You shouldn't fear man. Mm-hmm. You should fear God. And I just think they need to see that. They need to realize that because, and I said in this, I see something I also see as a pastor a lot, which is when you're, when you're shepherding someone, you can see whether they're genuinely struggling with something or whether they're, they're in just rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. They're not struggling. They know what's right and they just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And in these conversations, you can see people who, when you're talking to them, you can see it, like you said, in their eyes where lights are switching or there's this, they're trying to wrap their brain around it. And they've had, in some cases, decades right. of being a part of mm-hmm. incrementalism and pro-life stuff. And they're realizing, wait, what do I think about all that? And, you know, what was I, what was that? Is that meaningless now? Was I, you know, was I wrong? And so all these battles can be taking place. And other people, when you're talking to them, <laughs> are just like wanting you to be quiet mm-hmm. so they can say their thing and, or just get you out of their office. Yeah. Because they just, they need to run on a pro-life platform to be elected, but they really don't. They're really just, they're, they're fiscal Republicans or whatever Republicans, which they know to be elected, you have to also be a pro-life Republican. You mm-hmm. can't be a, but in reality, they're, they're not really caring mm-hmm. about this issue. Yeah. And we've had some people who run on pro-life platform who, Said things like, well, I think babies should be aborted if they have Down syndrome. Mm. And I say, and you're just going, well, huh? like, in what definition mm-hmm. of pro life mm. would that even meet? Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that's where their fear should be. Right. That's what they need to be afraid of. And for some of them, I think God is the Holy Spirit, who, who is the one ultimately doing the work, is, is doing that. I mean, that's what he did for us. That's that's yeah. why I see it. Right. Uh, I wouldn't have seen it without that's God. That's what's exciting about yeah. it. Is, yeah. And that's what we pray. And that's another thing you can do is pray and fast for mm. this to happen. Yeah. Just yeah. those things count like that. That matters. And um, one thing I, I also just thought of, you hear a lot about this, that if you... You shouldn't be talking about abortion if you're not like volunteering at crisis pregnancy centers. And are you taking in foster kids? And um, uh, this is kind of a side note, just to encourage anyone listening. Those kinds of arguments can really kind of silence you and make you like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be talking about abolition because I don't have foster kids. Um, but to, to really stand firm in this fight and don't be intimidated. Yeah. That one, I mean, just logically without going, I could go into a 30 minute talk about that. But (laughs) But one thing is if people were out there executing foster children, I would be (laughs) out there grabbing every foster child. You know, if, if people were like, Hey, we've got a bunch of kids. No one wants, we're going to burn them in a salt bath. Mm Mm-hmm. For a little while, I would be there mm-hmm. like this. And look, I understand the foster system is broken, but it's broken because of our secular federal government and mm-hmm. its weird wickedness. It's all sorts of stuff about that. But these those two do not equate, even in the slightest. Right. But bit. that's a very common thing. You yeah. It's a very common thing. You media. can. Yeah. Well, 
social media. There was a time though when things like that made me go, oh, Uh, I I don't know if I should. I shouldn't talk. Yeah, be pro all of life, right? And yes, do, but also keep saying, don't murder babies. Yeah, even if you don't volunteer anywhere. Yes, (laughs) you can say that. Yes, so. That was just a little aside. The two are in no way equatable, uh, <laughs> the situations. Right. And, and it really diminishes what abortion is. Yes. To compare it to adoption or prison reform. Right. Or, uh, you know, health care. And helping women. This, or, yeah. Are you helping any mothers? Yeah, I'm helping them not become murderers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it's broken. What? No, You put goldfish in there? Yes, you did. Oh, you want me to help you get it out? Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, he filled up his axe with goldfish. <laughs> and he needs help. Listen to this. Little sound effect. <laughs> That's the axe handle to our son's... Tin, was it the Tin Man? Tin Man. Costume? Yeah. And it's the filled axe- with... <laughs> Goldfish, <laughs> and our other child is coming in, using it like a flugelhorn, trying to eat out of it. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to handle this. We're going to go ahead. What we're going to do is we're going to start labeling these. So, number one. <laughs> All right. So, baby is settled. Uh, goldfish have been extricated from act handle. <laughs> 101 Dalmatians has returned, <laughs> put it on. He said, oh, it's working. It's oh, not broken. So he had broken the movie. It's not too. broken. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, d- take courage, take take heart. Uh, I, I would encourage us, because one thing we can do, and I think that there's a problem with that pragmatic approach, is it does seem to think that this world is governed by the works of men. And and it can cause us to do things like count justices or judges mm-hmm. and to really think that God's not at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but I encourage you for these words from, from Jonathan in 1 Samuel 14, um, where he says, and this is starting verse 6, Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. Uh, and so that's what that's what that's the attitude we need to have. Have the same attitude of Jonathan. Look, if the Lord's on our side, right? By many or by few, he can and I'll tell you what, like last year it was very disheartening. Um, this year, heartened. Um, so I'm saying let's take it to these uncircumcised Philistines and watch the Lord do an amazing thing. Yeah. So. I really want to like. Huzzah! Yeah! Huzzah! <laughs> um, and I hope that, I hope that we'll be able to. Well, that's my dedication. That was a long dedication. That was good but... though. We, we wanted to talk about that and. Hopefully. And if you've got any questions, what you can do, of course, send them to Ask the Podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can, you know, shoot you emails, hook you up with groups. Or if you're, even if you're in another state, there's odds that there are groups within your state maybe pushing for the same thing or, mm-hmm. or, or you can. Yeah. Um, so Speaking of, did anyone ever message me about Pop-Tart? No one messaged you about their favorite Pop-Tart, which was said, uh, I checked, although I haven't checked in the last couple of days. Mm. So, all right, well, that's awkward. Kind of embarrassing. <laughs> uh, no one cares about your Pop Tarts, even though today we had is another. Is anyone even listening? Is there, are there people out there? Are we just clicking? Are we the ones Mom, just clicking the Mom, views? I know that the internet is hard, but um, open your email. Open an email and send it <laughs> because we, we wanted to see. But we did go today, and at Walmart, what did they have? They had a box of strawberry, yep. a big box of brown sugar cinnamon, right, and then a big box of half, half s'mores, half chocolate, fudge. chocolate something, chocolate yeah. fudge, right? I think something like yeah. that. Chocolate something. Uh, I don't half do... poppycock. Half poppycock. It should have been 
a whole mm, box of s'more. Poppycock s'more. That would be good. <laughs> what it, what would it? Pop tart. They did a Pop-Tart Bites. I hadn't seen yeah. that. that well, I did get a message from my friend Sabrina today. She got a pretzel Pop-Tart. I think. I did see those. I saw those pretzel Sands. Pop-Tarts. I started to message those to you when I saw them yeah. the other day. I don't know. I just. It's made out of pretzel bread. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I might try but one. But you got a what? A message because you were asked to get an email. Right. So she she didn't just, follow protocol. No, no but that's all right. That's okay. We'll let her stay our friend. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, no pop tarts. Well, would you want to? Would you want to jump into main dish wise? Although that was a pretty big main dish. Well, um, we read a really good proverb today. We wanted to share. Oh yeah. Um, we read a chapter of proverbs every morning that mm-hmm. corresponds with the day of the week. So today was February eighteenth. Mm-hmm. So from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. Yes. It says. Oh, that would be. That I would see, be your I job. I, well, I thought you had it. So I, I was going to. Isolation. Isolation. That's <laughs> right. It's an isolate. It's isolationist history. Um, Proverbs 18, 1. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Yeah, this, I think that that's a great verse about the really the dangers of introversion mm-hmm. or, uh, or taking introversion too far. Taking introversion <laughs> too far. Introversion can sometimes be a description of you. Yeah, is what you're saying. Uh, uh, we, we'd maybe say a common temptation yeah. with introversion because yeah. it's not the introversion itself. Right. But there's introversion and there's self-focus. Right. Sometimes and easily confused. Yes. Yes. And and sometimes if you're an introvert, you can end up. Rolling into self-focus uh-huh. and just assume it's your introversion. Right. Uh, when it's really, Which as I he says, I when you that. isolate yourself, you're really seeking your own desires. Right. <laughs> and and that's what's going, he's warning is that there's a time where we just, we just don't want to be with others or mm-hmm. hear from others. And, you know, sometimes it's because oh, the only thing we're really wanting to hear from is is ourself and he says you're actually breaking out mm-hmm. against all sound sound judgment. Yeah. And you can do this in a small way like during the day you get into a little tiff and that feeling of I just I'm just going to go back here by myself <laughs> usually to stew and sit in your emotions for a long time. Um or on a larger scale like withdraw from a whole a whole group for a long time. Like you can you can mm-hmm. isolate yourself from your family or from your your church. Yeah, or... I think this verse is is a is an Old Testament segue to Hebrews ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, uh, not forsaking the assembling together as is practice of some. That sort of idea, mm-hmm. uh, encouraging one another. You know, uh, oh, and and all the more as you see the day uh, approaching. So, so that idea from, from Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, uh, which I was intending to paraphrase, and as I was going through, I just realized I was <laughs> just, just grabbing bits and pieces of it. It's just so good. <laughs> um, one, of, one of our temptations is, and this is, I've seen this as a, as a pastor, and, and it's, that matches with, with this, is the times when we most need to be with the body are mm-hmm. often the times we withdraw from the body. Mm-hmm. And there's two times where that happens. One, we've been offended mm-hmm. or we've been the offender. Mm-hmm. So either someone has hurt us within the body for whatever reason. And so we pull away. Or we've done something wrong and we're embarrassed. <laughs> we slink away. <laughs> and so we pull away. Yeah. Or it's broken. Okay. Here, come here. Yeah, I'll fix it. Come here. Okay. You want to go back there and I'll fix it? Yes. Okay. I'm not, or, I'm not, I'm not goldfish. You yeah, go get your goldfish. goldfish. Go get him. He dropped him. You dropped him where? I dropped him. And you want to break on the big one. <laughs> Number two. All right, again, <laughs> number three or number two, uh, so or third, so ways that people do, yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. to remind ourselves, they've, nothing has happened, right. time has not moved for them. Right. 
the third one is uh, when something has happened to us, mm-hmm. maybe uh, just a big event, something sad, someone mm-hmm. has died mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. And we need to take it in. Yeah. And so we withdraw so we can deal with it. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is scripture says in all of those instances, what you really need is to be with the body. Right. Uh, this is why I always laugh when, when kids act up and their parents are like, well, I, you keep acting like that. I'm not going to let you go to church. <laughs> uh, but that's how, that is sometimes what we do when, when we, when we are struggling is we withdraw from the very body mm-hmm. that we need to be with. Right. Uh, and so just as you wouldn't say, I'm sure, well, this is, this is part of the foolishness of man because we do this as well. It's often times like this when we quit reading our Bible, right? you know, we quit praying. Mm-hmm. We start to think, let me fix myself. Mm-hmm. You know, let me fix me and then I'll be back at church. I don't know. I've, I've dealt with that with people where I, they've, they've said, I just need to get my life right and then I'll be mm-hmm. back. And it's like, no, being there is part of, you can't get your life right, right. if you're not back. Mm-hmm. That's part of getting your life right. Mm-hmm. That's part of, of, of obeying the, the Lord. You, you, you've, got to, you've got to be obedient in order to do that. And that's, that's part of the obedience. Mm-hmm. That, that being with the body is so essential. And it, it protects us against selfishness. Mm-hmm. It protects us against self-centeredness. And we've got to recognize that there's a temptation warned about in both the Old Testament and the New Testament of, of wanting to withdraw, mm-hmm. of wanting to just be, uh, be inward, um, of, of the danger of isolation, mm-hmm. isolating myself from others uh, who are really, it's for my good to hear them. Right. They're, yeah. they're protections. Exactly what you said from Hebrews. It does stir you up. Yeah. It, it stirs up love. Yeah. It stirs up, I mean, love for God, love for others, mm-hmm. stirs up good works. Mm-hmm. So it's funny to think that we think, well, I'm going to get those and then I'll be back. Like, <laughs> right. I don't, I mean, I'm just not connected. I mean, I'm not connecting with the church body. Uh, and so I'm going to withdraw because mm-hmm. I just don't feel like I'm connecting right now. And I'll just, well, what stirs up that love? Love from them for you and from you to them. And what stirs up these things is, is being with the body. Right. So if you see a deficiency in the body, that's not a time for you to pull away. That shows just how important it is for you to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you seeing it is part of the process to, to fixing that deficiency. And if you pull away, what you're not seeing is the deficiency in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you just end up, just like on a on the small scale when you go back to your room, then you end up just stewing and... Yeah, on if it's something you that you're feel. angered about, yeah. yeah or yeah. yeah, maybe not. Sometimes stewing has the idea of right. of being upset, but right. sometimes you're just ruminating. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just these thoughts. Yeah, are going around. And it's and not around good and for you. Again. Yeah. And one thing I have found, like I was telling the kids today, I've even dealt with this during pregnancy, where you just don't feel like seeing people, and mm-hmm. you just you don't want to get out of your chair. Like that last month. It is a struggle for me to get in the car, to get dressed. Just physically one. a struggle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and to go to church and to interact with people. Like, you just want to stay home. And um, But one thing I've noticed is when you go, it does exactly what the Bible says it will do. Yeah. Just like what we just said. It stirs you up. You never leave thinking, I wish I hadn't come. And it's important to realize that it does that even if you're not seeing it. Right. So even if you go and you don't have this grand experience and it is a time just of, you know, trying to breathe, trying to get comfortable and the kids are acting up and you're sweaty and hot out and you're hungry and you didn't bring enough snacks uh, for yourself. (laughs) You're in my head? Yeah. Even if you don't have that moment, there's an aspect of faith that recognizes, I know that this was better for me than being at home. I was obedient. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and, and. It, that's why it all comes back to that obedience that comes by faith. Mm-hmm. That that faith breeds that obedience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have faith, you will obey. Yeah. Uh, and so it, the reason you know that we're that we would be negligent 
on being with the church ultimately comes down to we don't believe what God says mm-hmm. when he says this is better for you. Yeah. We think, no, it's not. It's better for me to get 15 more minutes of sleep because mm-hmm. I had a late night last night. It's better for me to just have some me time. Mm-hmm. It's better for me. And God, God says, no, it's not. This is better for you. This is the best. Yeah. And so if you have faith in what God has said, rather than, you know, what what Proverbs warns about stiffening your neck uh, to those things, if you believe God when he says that, then you will, oh, you'll be with the body. Mm-hmm. You'll You'll believe that it's the best for you. And so, I mean, you would drag yourself out of bed for the best. Right. Yeah. I mean, if it, because we do it in other instances when we haven't gotten good sleep. Oh, yeah. No one says, oh, man, we're supposed to go on vacation today. (laughs) But golly, I got to bed late last night packing. (laughs) So, kids, we just kind of postponed it. We're just going to sleep in and, you know, we'll kind of figure it out later. Yeah. We'll get to No, it's like, no, we've got to do this. (laughs) Uh, That's so true. Yeah. Even like if I'm going shopping with mom. I can spring out of bed. Yeah. Doesn't matter what yes, kind I of day we're I've had. Go skiing. Doesn't matter if I'm eight months pregnant. Yeah. I'm like, there might be and a so, deal. So ultimately it is it is a matter of faith and who your trust is in and whose desire you're you're seeking and whose judgment you're listening to. Because like I said, to be isolate to isolate yourself is to break out against sound judgment. It's mm-hmm. to say so you're pulling inward, mm-hmm. but in reality you're running away. From yeah. sound judgment. Yeah. So it Fing- feels, like, in your ears. It feels like you're going in, but you're really exploding. Like, la, 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 it's la, like la. the implosion <laughs> that leads to the explosion. So, yeah, yeah be aware of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I have seen that enough as a, as a pastor. One of, the, one of the things I always encourage people is in almost any situation, what I can say is spend more time with believers. Yeah. And that's so counter to what you hear right now. It's all about protecting your your time and not getting over um not overbooking like you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Don't um, you recognize you don't your get limits. Burnout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, burnout. If if you're getting burnout from being with the believers, you're probably doing something wrong yeah. in that. Right. Uh, you might have a wrong expectation of what, you know, all sorts of things can lead to that. Right. Um, but it, it, the Bible never warns about that. Yeah. The Bible never says it's really important to do this. In fact, the Bible says do it all the more. It doesn't say do it all the more unless, I mean, unless, I mean, you're going through some stuff or you've got, you know, you've got little kids, so you can't really do it or you're struggling with whatever. I mean, think about what these people were dealing with. Uh, and <laughs> right. he's like, do it all the more. Do it all the more as you see the day. Do it all the more as you see the end of time coming. Mm-hmm. So as that comes closer, I mean, we should be doing it more and more, not less and less. Right. The harder things get, the more you should do it. Mm-hmm. Not the less. Because it's good for you. Because it's good for you. Yeah. It's going to stir up the things that you need. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good power. We got to encourage the kids mm-hmm. of it this morning. Yeah, and we were we. I was telling the kids not not on this day, but I was telling them about how faithful my parents were to have us in church. And there wasn't a. I mean, I don't even remember us missing a lot for sickness, and you know. Nowadays, if you have a sniffle, you know, it's like, lock down the kids. <laughs> we can't yeah. go to church. Um, but th- that really made a difference in my life. When you are making it a habit for your family, that this is what we do. This is our life. Mm-hmm. Um, that even when I went to college, it, it was never a question for me, should I go to church today or not? Because that's just what I did. Um, yeah, that, those sorts of, those sorts of habits are, uh, are essential to form not only in ourselves, but of course in our kids. Yeah. Uh, and, and we do that in, in little ways. I mean, we do it in little, we really do it in big ways. Like the big thing is what do you do with Sunday? Yeah. That's the big thing. I mean, cause if you're not making that a priority, 
and I think we've talked about this before. I don't know, or maybe I've just talked about it before so much that <laughs> it feels like I've told everybody. You don't even know if we talked about pop tarts. No, I don't even know how we started or this Brussels episode. Sprouts. Um, yeah, the um, the that really you you are are showing what the priority is. And it was funny. I had this conversation. I did have this conversation with someone the other day, and it just shows it's all about your mindset. We were locking down a uh, a, a time where they could come to Bible study with us, mm-hmm. and I said, "Okay, I've got I've got your Thursdays. Mm-hmm. They're locked down." And he s- said, "Yes, I'll remember that, and and uh, and, and I'll and you know because right now I don't I don't have anything on Thursdays." And I said, "No, no, no. Right now you do." <laughs> Have things on Thursdays. Yeah, it's not that right now I'm free on Thursdays. No, 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 you're not free anymore. Mm-hmm. You and so what it's and they did say, oh man, that's right. It's all about how you think of it, mm-hmm. and that's so true. Because what you'll do is you'll say, okay, I I can go to a Bible study on Thursdays, or I I can go to church on Sundays because I don't have anything else right now. Mm-hmm. And so if something comes up, then you go, oh man, this thing is taking away. Now I can't go to church because I got this thing. Mm-hmm. When if you went into it saying nothing can touch Sunday, mm-hmm. nothing can touch it. It's locked down. I have made a commitment, an obligation. Mm-hmm. Then you it becomes a matter of being a person of your word yeah. and a person of, of principle and obligation and ultimately obedience on something mm-hmm. like the Lord's Day. Mm-hmm then nothing can take that place. So you just got to get the right mindset. Yeah. You've got to get, and what's funny is, I mean, we can talk, I mean, sports is the big temptation to this in anybody's life. I don't see people, a lot of people missing for anything other than sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might just be because of, because of the, the age we're in and, and the situations, but, but of, of all that, I don't see people missing. Like that is by far the, the, the most, uh, the most common thing, and I think when we're when we were growing up, and when we were in church and didn't have kids, if we were to ask those people, would you ever let your kids? Would you ever miss church for a game? I think that person pre kids would have said no way. So what happens is we get the kids, and then something shifts in our priorities. To where now Sunday has opened up as an option to, to then be filled with other things. Mm-hmm. And if we would go into it saying Sunday is off limits and that the Lord will bless my obedience in doing that more than the necessity for my kid to be able to play on Sunday. Because mm-hmm. one of the things I think parents struggle with is, well, if they don't play on Sunday, they won't get good. Well, or it's they hard, won't. It's hard today to find and, I mean, a we, league that we've talked about. We've yeah. talked about with that. It's similar to abolition, which is so weird to say that. <laughs> but someone's got to change. Someone's got to change the current. And if yeah. all the Christians are just going with the current, right. it's never going to change. Right. If the one people who have, should have Sunday locked down aren't going to change it, do you think the people who don't go to church on Sunday are going to change it? They're making too much money in their tournaments. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to happen more and more because those tournaments all make money. Mm-hmm. They make money, and you can't serve God and money. These people are serving money. Mm-hmm. They're serving money because they know if they schedule a tournament for the weekend, even the Christians will be there paying to, paying to be in that tournament. Not being forced by a gun to not go to a church. Come here or you will die. You know, <laughs> like paying to be in the tournament on Sunday. And and I think it just is going to take us as parents to go, that's just crazy. And that what I will grow in my kids by being obedient to God is more than uh, what would happen uh, if I missed church mm-hmm. to pursue uh, something Papa. else. Yeah. Papa, it's your food. It can't be over. I just started it. It is? Yes. Number three. <laughs> so I would. I would encourage parents to set that firm standard. Mm-hmm. And set it and 
and don't deviate. Set it before you've got kids. And if you've got kids, reset the standard. If you've already made the mistake and you've already put your foot in that bucket and you don't know how you're going to get out, one, pull your foot out and then deal with it. Because you're not going to regret it. No. Because God promises, God promises to reward your faithfulness. You're just hoping for the other rewards of whatever you think you can get from sporting events or whatever on Mm -hmm. Sundays. Mm -hmm. Family time, going to the lake, going on vacation, whatever. Like make that commitment and the Lord, the Lord will honor it. Yeah. And, and your kids will be happy. You and your kids, if you're, and you, you can teach your kids. Mm-hmm. And you can teach your kids. Mm-hmm. So if you do this and say, look, even, and sometimes as parents, we're afraid to admit that we've made mistakes. You want to teach your kids something that will, the Lord will use? Say, look, we've been doing this and it was wrong. Mm-hmm. And we've got to stop. And we will never, ever make that mistake again. And I pray that you don't make that mistake. I mean, that's that, but that takes, that takes real parenting. That takes a parenting that often, and often the people, the real sacrifice doesn't come from the kids. The sacrifice comes from the parents. Because it's not the kids who would be upset by being at church. It's not the kids who'd be upset by not making it to the tournaments. It's the parents like, what are people going to think about me? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we living, all this money. living vicariously through their kids or whatever. Or just even admitting that they're, they've made a mistake. They don't want to make, you know, admit that to their kids. But look... I've admitted to my kids a thousand oh, man. mistakes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like mine just doesn't happen to be the the sporting one. Yeah. But as someone who looks at the scripture and can say without a doubt, like when you're looking at it biblically, there's not even a question of whether you should be with your church family on Sundays or not. Uh huh. And I don't think in our right minds, in any other situation, if you were to change it out, or even if you were to step back and say, should I miss church to watch my kid, say, shoot a basketball 10 times in a game? I know and we go, yeah, you should. Well, and no one would certainly say, should I miss church because I paid to watch my kid, to be in a tournament, to watch my kid do so. So all of these things, I think when you look at it reasonably, it's and it's just, and it's not, it shouldn't even be that hard. I mean, I know it will be for some people, but it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And we've got parents who are battling with it and trying to be faithful and and trying to 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 work into whatever. And it, it is a it is a battle. So it's a battle. It's best if you don't ever get into. Mm-hmm. Because once you get into it, it's a whole lot harder to get out. So if you'll set your mind right now, you'll set it correctly now, then you won't won't even deal with it. And then when you do break out of it, it won't be difficult anymore. Yes. (laughs) It's over. Rip the Band-Aid off. (laughs) And it's over. It's done. Uh, And there's positives that can come out of it. So you're ripping the Band-Aid off. And it's not just an ouch moment. You're ripping the Band-Aid off in a way that can can really be used by the Lord. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we'll very much honor him instead of, you know, isolating yourself, listening to, to what, to what you think, or, you know, stiffening your neck. Uh, even if you know, even if it, you know, it's wrong. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, either one of those that's, so if you hear this and you know, and you go, man, I should really, uh, I should really listen. Uh, Make sure you, you do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's good. So remind me of all these things when I'm in the last month of this pregnancy. Help me get yeah. my clothes on and get me down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I do want to let let me add this verse to that to that okay. idea about the because I. It, it does say, it. Well, let me. It's Proverbs. Well, I'll take Proverbs, Proverbs twenty nine, Proverbs twenty one nine one. He who is often reproved yet stiffens his neck will suddenly be broken beyond healing. Mm. That's the danger here. We talked about the danger of not listening to the Lord with with preborn children, and if you've got children and you're struggling with sports and you realize what am I teaching my kids by doing this? What are priorities am I teaching them? And 
and you know you shouldn't, and you do it anyway, you run the risk of of getting to a place beyond healing, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden you can't fix what you taught your kids and you intended to, and now your kids that were twelve just yesterday are nineteen and twenty. Yeah, and you know what? You notice they're not they're not going to church at all, and maybe they're playing in leagues all day every Sunday. Uh, so so many times we look at that. We want to make sure that we're not stiffening our neck to the to the to the right thing. Instead of just saying, "I'll do, I'll do the tough thing," but, but the faithful, mm-hmm. faithful thing. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't intend to get into that tonight. I know. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it is a. I we've do, had, I we have right. had people. It's a common. We have had people ask us to talk about this. Yes, we have. Yes. So. Uh, and back when people used to email us at the podcast. Yeah. Apparently they Back don't. Then, Apparently they no don't anymore. Now. They're all out playing <laughs> maybe, games. Maybe it's because we fell off of the podcasting planet for three months. Yeah, that's right. They're <laughs> like, "Are you still doing a We're podcast?" We're done with them. <laughs> They're unreliable. Yeah, definitely. We've tried to be more reliable. We do have a new setup here. Yeah, I like it. It is different because I'm in my chair. You get to be in the chair. My chair. Your chair. I'm not afraid to call it your chair. Jack called it Papa's chair today. Did he really? Oh, please. Yeah. It is your chair by day. It's mine by night. It's like some sort of (laughs) superhero chair. (laughs) It is yours at night. And it is mine all day long. You sit in it to do your sermon work. Yeah, it is my sermon prep chair. Got all my books right beside it. Uh, And it's my recoup from the day chair at night. Mm Mm-hmm. You curl up into it, and I take pictures of just how slouched you are. Yeah, looking pretty over here. Yeah, melting into the <laughs> into the chair. Well, I mean, we're at a we're at yeah. an hour, so people listen long enough. Yeah, they're they're tired. It's late for them. We really don't know when they're listening. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know what time it is where you we are. Didn't say anything about that. But we keep forgetting the mystery salad. Well, I mean, we just keep running out of. I know we, we just have too much. Too much seemingly. I'll throw you a quick mystery. Quick, what? quick, quick mystery uh, <laughs> dessert, mystery okay. jello, mystery salad. What was your favorite toy as a kid? Oh. Sorry, I took a drink right when you said that. Oh my, I think probably my She Ra castle. Really? Yeah. Just was... the castle or She Ra well, with the, the castle? Well, the whole thing. Oh, the, so your She Ra stuff. Yeah, my She Ra stuff. You had a She Ra castle? Yeah. What did that look like? I don't even remember what it's the shoe like purpley pink boulder type plasticky material. How gender stereotypical. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she had like a bed, a really beautiful bed. It had like gauzy, shiny stuff uh-huh. on it. Much like our bed does now. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no it's like, we're like, yeah. It's like, yeah. we don't have gauzy. You're going to give them a, a vision of our bed. And yeah. Zoom. Yeah, you're still just reminiscing about this. I am, like daydreaming. But I also, I mean, I had a My Little Pony nursery that was uh-huh. so cute. as like a little house with baby, like little baby ponies and yeah. little baby cribs. Aww. That was another favorite. I had a Rainbow Bright thing and a Strawberry oh, Shortcake and Care Bears. Wow. And then maybe like Indulged much? 200 Barbies. Oh. But yeah. no American Girl dolls. See, I didn't even know American Girl dolls existed. They yeah. existed when you were a kid? Yeah, because I got the catalog and stared wistfully mm. at all the times. I see. I thought that was a new thing. I thought American mm. Girl dolls were That's new. why when my mom bought me one, I was pregnant. I was pregnant with Rebecca. And you cried. <laughs> I cried like a baby. Yeah. She got me a Samantha doll because they were retiring Samantha, which I could get on a whole rant about that. Mm-hmm. Um and she surprised me on Mother's Day with a Samantha doll. And I, at the table in front of my whole family with my brothers and everything, I just put a napkin over my face and wept. And we were all like, <laughs> what in the world? It was so weird. I think your dad even apologized to me. Yeah, like, like, I don't I'm know I'm sorry, I don't happening. know what I did wrong. <laughs> her. And 
<laughs> giving her to you. It, it was probably really disconcerting for everybody because I yeah. didn't cry. It's because you were pregnant. I would isolate myself to cry when mm-hmm. I was yeah. young. So they hadn't really seen me cry before. That's funny. Yeah. How about you? What was your favorite toy? Uh, I probably spent most of my time in the Bible. Oh, please. Maybe. No, the encyclopedia. Like Moses. I did read. <laughs> Nerd. I was the kid who read all the way through the encyclopedia. Yeah. The World Book Encyclopedia, A to Z, as a child. But look how that turned out for you. You're like a don't remember big paid pastor. I don't I didn't get much past hard bark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really rocking that knowledge yeah. in bags and Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, my favorite was G.I. Joe. hmm I love G.I. Joe. And I would play with him. You know, and I had He-Man stuff. and Did you Ninja have He-Man Turtles. toys? Yeah, yeah. Your He-Man could have played with my She-Ra. They could yeah. have. They were brother and sister. So. What sets was that? <laughs> were you going to have them playing kissy no, things with each other? No, wouldn't it? We couldn't have, like... <laughs> couldn't have what? <laughs> this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying we couldn't make our dolls. <laughs> around here. Oh my goodness. You're so weird. You're making me cry. <laughs> oh, so I would play G.I. Joe's yep. and He-Man. And... Now see, G.I. Joe is not related. <laughs> she was taller. <laughs> She's... Okay. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's... Hey, Jack, you just disabled my iPhone. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, so that's what I played with. That's a good jello salad. That's a, that's gonna. There's definitely some mystery involved with that. Uh, so anyway, we'll leave you guys with that. If you had a favorite toy, we said this last time and no one did anything. Yeah. So we know you're not listening anyway. You're not going to do it. <laughs> but send it to Ash... Ask the podcast at gmail.com. What? Do you want marshmallows? Yes. Okay, let's go get some. We'll go get or some because we're the, in a, You can leave a comment on our Facebook. When I, when I share. On our Facebook? No, when I oh, share yeah, the yeah, podcast. On, your, on Mrs. Gore's diary, yeah. your, your personal page. Yeah, or just, we're just, we just want we're just, we're just interested. It's okay. just interesting. Yeah, we just want to know. We just want to know what people play with. Yeah. Let's go find them. All right, right now we're going to go find some marshmallows, get this kid in bed, and then get ourselves in bed shortly after that. And who knows? Maybe we'll play He Man and She Ra. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you're able to continue on, uh, we uh, love all of you, uh, and hopefully. Uh, you'll be hearing back from us pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good night. Good night, everyone.